Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, March 20, 2023, and we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 68, the third paragraph. We never apologize to anyone for depending on our creator. And we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jim F., 12 Traditions, Nancy T., and readers of the text, Tamara C., Penny E., and Claire E. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, March the 19th, the special edition, was 20067. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jim F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. This is Jim F. Uh, Here are the 12 steps from Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these 12 steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Jim F. And Nancy will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., recovered compulsive reader from Lewiston, Idaho. <clears throat> the 12 Traditions. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group contents. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such will never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Nancy P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works, on page 68, the third paragraph. We never apologize to anyone for depending on our creator, ending at once we commence to outgrow fear. And Tamara C., could you get us started, please? Yes, good morning. This is Tamara C., grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Missouri. We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. So this idea of depending on my creator and does that make me weak or strong 
my old idea is that to be strong and respectable and worthy, I have to be self-sufficient. Um, this is the way that I thought the world judged me and God judged me. And the truth that I'm learning in uh, recovery is that giving up my way and trusting on a, a power greater than myself, uh, this does not make me weak or less worthy of respect. It uh, it makes me useful. It makes me free from the bondage of self-centeredness, this self-centered, fear-driven life of, am I okay? What do I need to do to make sure I'm going to be okay? Um, thinking that everything hinges on me and my figuring it out and and uh, manipulating life to go my way. And it's such a relief, this freedom from this um, to not be driven by fear. I mean, can you even imagine? Um, it, it helped me when um, I heard a speaker say, you know, when you pray this prayer, actually imagine that God removes your fear. And, you know, what would that be like? What would your life even look like if you weren't driven by fear? And uh, for sure, this is not something I can do for myself. I can't will away my fear. I can't bully away my fear. I cannot ignore away my fear. Only only a higher power who loves me, is personal to me, cares about me, doesn't want me to live in fear, and is wise and powerful and has infinite resources. Only a higher power can do this miracle for me. And um, And it does take courage. It takes courage on my part because while my way may not be working for me, it's what I know. It's what I've always lived with and depended on. And to give that up and to trust that there can be a higher power who can be my director, um, th- this does take courage. And um, But it allows me to be who I really want to be. And the more I do this inventory and say this prayer, um, the more beautiful the response is what what God, what would you have me be? And it's not like, Tamara, I would have you be a better person. Go fix yourself. It's, Tamara, I would have you be you, be real, be human and authentic, be spiritually imperfect. And I would have you be safe and be okay, be free to take risks. And um, it's just, and it also helps me to hear other people's uh, inventory and because God speaks to me through them as well. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Tamara C. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to Kim share? Kim A. Kim A. Car- Carmela G. Melissa, Melissa C. Jamie, Jamie M. Jersey. Amy G. Jamie M. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Kim A. Carmela G. Melissa C. Barbara E. Amy M. Did I miss anybody? Kelly S. Great. Okay. Thank you, everybody. 
Kim A, would you get us started, please, followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thanks. Hey, this is Kim A from New York City. And what an amazing, hopeful concept that our fear is tied into our lack of um, relying on our higher power. If we're people of selfishness, then, which we are when we get here, we're very invested on making everything go our way. And a lot of it may not even be conscious. And fear is really rooted in selfishness because we're fearful when we're afraid we're not going to get something we want, which is selfish, or we're afraid that we're going to lose something that we have, which is also selfish. And either way, we're assuming that we know what's best, and we don't. Our thinking is a hot mess, right? That's what gets us here. It's not the food. I mean, it's kind of the food that gets us here, but we go into the food because of our thinking. And so if we can begin in step four to lay out our fears, and in step five, our sponsor can help us see things in a different way. Our sponsor can help us see the truth, and the truth is that when we're living in fear, it's because we're relying on ourselves. And the rest of the steps are designed to teach us how to make good on that decision we made in step three. In step three, we decide that we're going to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. We don't know how to do that. And the steps are designed to teach us how to do that. So if we can see that the root of fear is selfishness, and we're willing to just continue to follow the directions and learn how to turn all that stuff over to a higher power, we begin to see the truth and really understand that our life is no longer about getting what we want or having things go the way we think they should because that's just making us our higher power. That's just making us the director Right? They give us this whole narrative about, like, you know, they paint this scene about we want to direct the show. And we're not the director. We're like a little side part, you know, in the scheme of life. We're like a shrub. So we need to embrace our shrubness and not think that we know the way everything we should go and live in fear that it's not going to. We need to learn by working the steps how to let things unfold the way that they're supposed to. And trust that our higher power is going to help us deal with whatever reality is, whatever, whatever way it's supposed to go. And we're not going to get our way most of the time. And terrible things do happen sometimes in life. And life is hard, and it's not always fair. But this isn't about making things go our way. This is about turning to our higher power to help us just accept life on life's terms and when we're not all caught up in that selfishness, we have no reason to go to food for ease and comfort. We have our higher power for that. And I'll pass. This is Kim in New York City. Thanks, Kim A. Thank you, Kim A. Carmela G., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning, and thank you so much. It's so great hearing your voice. And thank everyone on this line. Carmela G., a very grateful, compulsive overeater recovered for today from New York. We never apologize for, to anyone for depending upon our creator. 
I, this paragraph brought me back almost 10 years when I first entered program and found step one, one of the most difficult steps for me to take. Admitting I was, I was powerless? No way. But today and every day I realize, and today being the first day of spring, I thought it is the most beautiful way of describing how I get my strength. We look at the trees and the sap is coming up from the earth and they're starting to bud. I couldn't figure out how could I have been so successful and call myself powerless. But this program, working these steps, taught me that if I plug into a power greater than myself that I call God, the energy every single day that I plug in flows in me and through me and allows me to follow my higher powers direction instead of Carmela's self-will. And that self-will will always live. But every day when I open my eyes, I thank my higher power before moving out of bed for the beautiful fact that I woke up and I can walk and I can live one more day. And only he allows me the strength to live and get out of myself and do extend that hand and do for others. And that in return makes me eternally grateful. And with that, I pass because fears get removed and we can go on this journey happy, joyous, and free. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela G. And next we have Melissa C. followed by Barbara E. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, you know, this paragraph says it twice, that we never apologize for God. We never apologize for relying on our creator. And, um... And that, that is that I feel very strongly about. That that is something that this program taught me. That it is the way of strength. That I can have courage when I have faith. You know, when I'm not in charge. When I know there's something bigger than me, greater than me, that has my back. I have to believe that. That's the way that I have to walk through life. And you know, my own personal experience, how this is, has worked for me, is you know it's. Five years ago, I had probably one of the most terrifying experiences as a mom, where um, I was going um, into the emergency room knowing it was going to be a really hard day. Um, and that morning, you know, I prayed, I meditated, I packed my cooler with food because, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater and I can't walk into long days and think I'm going to be able to eat spontaneously. And that, for me, is how I 
do what I think God would have me do in this small little piece, right? Like, and so I went into the emergency room for the day, and then the day was ending with my daughter needing to be um, brought by ambulance to a, to another facility. And as I was driving, now I was I was scared. I mean, this is scary stuff. And um, I'm driving. You know, I'm following this ambulance, and the sky opened up, and it was, I've never driven in such a storm in all my life, and there was lightning all around me, and I was crying, I was upset, and I was afraid, and I remember very clearly, like, yelling at God, because, by the way, courage means I trust God with my emotions, too. I trust God with the hard feelings. And I yelled out to God, you know, I hate you, and I hate your plan, <laughs> but I trust you. And and I don't know, my fear in that moment was completely removed. And, um, you know, thankfully, it's been five years, and life actually, that whole experience turned out to be the start of a wonderful gift for my daughter. Things turned around. But in that, God also never left me alone. What God did for me was he gave me a fellowship in you people. And I had friends in this program who held my hand through those dark times and and pointed me, kept pointing me in the right direction. Um, and as an aside, I never ate once off my plan. Never once did I feel the need to go to, 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 go to food. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Amy M. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, and Lynn S., thank you for your service, and I'm so grateful to be here with you on the first day of spring. Well, some things I've learned in my two-decade journey in OA is if I'm resentful, I say, my friend, if you're out there, and I do believe you are, Please help me show this person that I'm judging the same tolerance, pity, and patience I would gladly gladly send, uh, grant a sick friend. Please, friend, help me to avoid retaliation or argument. My friend and my sponsor, and perhaps another trusted member of this group, help me ask myself some hard questions. Am I being selfish? Do I want special treatment? Do I want others to like me so I'm playing the chameleon? Am I being dishonest? Am I seeing where I'm at fault? Am I being a perfectionist? Am I exaggerating or minimizing my stories? Am I manipulating others to do my will? Am I comparing myself to others? Because I know for me to compare is to despair. Do I feel I'm not good enough, not doing enough, and not enough? Do I still feel that I'm a worthless piece of shit, but that the whole world revolves around me? Some people have said to me in the past, OA is a crutch. And I respond, yes, it is. And I use that crutch so I can walk. For me today, the only kind of selfish is self-awareness, self-love, self-compassion, and accepting that I'll never be perfect. But I pray that I'm humbly doing what my friend would want me to be doing as embodied in the third step prayer. 
but I will always be just a work in progress. And if I'm if I make a mistake, and I will make mistakes, because my three amigos, fear, arrogance, and pride, will carry me, will come to me again. But my friend will help me course correct. And the highest pay grade I'll ever achieve is to be of service to another suffering compulsive eater. And I know my recovery is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I love being here with you and hearing your stories and knowing what is the truth. Thank you, Liness, and thank you all. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Amy M., it's your turn, followed by Kelly S. Welcome, Amy. I'm pretty sure it was Amy G., unless there was an Amy M. that is out there. Okay. Amy G., please go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Amy Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. So the verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. But I also believe that, you know, I live in a billion-dollar industry that says with the right information, I should be able to fix myself. You know, any self-help book should be able to show me the way. And so beaten and pummeled by this disease and realizing through the step works of at least one through five that not only am I powerless, I need a power greater than myself. And I, that this, this fear that ought to be classified with stealing and this fear is through inventory is shot through the evil and corroding thread that has been, you know, shot through my entire life, being completely self-absorbed and self-obsessed and full of self-centered fear. That's a pretty uncomfortable place to be. You know, what am I going to do with that? It's hard. And, and, and what it says here, you know, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. How beautiful is this program that when I looked around to you to show me the way, you demonstrated to me the fellowship, the people of the program who, in whom the problem had been solved, didn't say that they had fixed themselves. They said that they had found a power greater than themselves, and they allowed that demonstration to be shown to me. And I was able to see through their experience, strength, and hope of what it was like, what happened, and what, it likes, what it's like now to be able to show me that there is a way through without having to rely on self and live life reacting off of fear. I needed to be shown a way that works. Like the prior paragraph, perhaps there is a better way to live my life. They say courage is something that, you know, you don't do it without fear. You know, courage is doing it with fear anyways. And I hope I got that right. Anyways, and to do that, I needed faith in a higher power, and I had to act as if. Again and again, my sponsor in early recovery would say to me, you know, we don't think our way into a new way of believing, right, and behaving. We act our way. We're going to act as if. And I had to do that without really knowing what that belief in a higher power would be, but to go ahead and work the steps. And through the demonstration that the fellowship showed me in whom and those in whom it recovered, I found a way that also worked, and I found that higher power. That demonstration through the step work in my own life occurred. And now to the newcomer, I say, it does happen. It can occur. And that demonstration continues to happen in these rooms, on this phone today, through God, through these 12 steps. There is a different way to live life. 
and it's unbelievably incredible, not just without the food, but without letting fear wrap itself around my throat and tell me how to behave and act to life. That's not a great way to live. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Kelly S., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Kelly. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks, Lynn, for your service. Um, well, some great shares. And um, I really wanted to piggyback on that last share about, you know, I feel like the paragraph before and then most of this paragraph and you guys are kind of a promise of what life could be like um, once I do this work and once I'm not having fear, um, you know, dictate every aspect of my life like it has and still can do if I'm not careful. And, um, you know, it's such so many promises here what that could be like, but here we are in just the inventory, right? And we're looking at our fears. And so the transformation hasn't happened yet. And I have to remind myself of that because I always want everything now. You know, remind myself the spiritual awakening doesn't happen until 12. The neutrality of food isn't even promised till 10. And right now, just tell me what life could be like without the fears if I do the work, right? That not right now, I'm not going to be like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't have fear, right? So the part in the paragraph that really stood out to me here is the very last um, couple sentences. We ask him, which we are reminded that means we pray, right? We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. And so, you know, we're asking God because, yeah, I can't make myself, you know, fearless, right? I can't. But the thing that stood out here is it says, we ask him to remove our fear and then direct our attention to what he would have us be. So I was really thinking about that, that we're praying, and now we're also going to direct our attention to what he would have us be. And I looked up that word attention because I love to do that. And it said, one of the definitions I loved was it said, the action of dealing with or taking special care of something. Um, And it said the action. So what does that mean to me? It says, I'm going to ask God to remove my fear and then I'm going to take some action of how he would have me be, right? So that means I'm going to show up in life with courage. You know, like it was just shared, courage isn't, you know, the absence of fear. It's doing things in spite of fear. So faith to me is that God's going to take me and protect me. And, you know, I, my mantra in life is God's got my back. At once we commence to outgrow fear. Well, it doesn't, it, we're going to outgrow it. You know, it's like I took that meaning like, oh, okay, at once I'm now I'm not going to have fear. I prayed God's going to take it away. Well, that's not what it means. I'm going to pray right? I'm going to direct my attention. I'm going to take some action. I'm going to go start doing some courageous things, right? I'm going to start living life. I'm going to work the rest of these steps. That's what that means. I've got to have some courage to do the rest of the work so that I can have the transformations. I don't have to live in this awful, awful fear. I love Amy's visual of wrapping its hands around my throat because that's what it does to me. And we begin to outgrow fear. We're going to slowly, it's going to be a process, a lifetime process, but I got to get busy, got to do the work. I got to ask God for help, and then I got to take action. With that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Kelly. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 63, the third paragraph. We never apologize to anyone for depending on our creation. The line is now open depending on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, 
please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Lynn, Lynn Renee H. from Montreal. Roger G. from Koreatown, Los Angeles. Claire E. from the UK. Okay, I heard Lynn from Montreal, Roger D, Claire E. Who else would like to share, please? Pete B. Anyone else? Sonia S from Philadelphia. Okay, there was somebody I missed right there. I've got Lynn, Roger D, Claire E. Pete B, Sonia S, and Dana P. Sandra Maria. Okay. Dana P. Okay, gotcha now, Dana. Thank you. Okay, so Lynn, could you start us off, please? And I'm sorry, I missed the last part of your name. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Ilanit from ahead, South Lynn, Africa. Please. Sorry. Um, Go ahead, Lynn, please. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Sorry about this. Lynn Rene H. from Montreal, Overeaters Anonymous. And I am so proud of eating three meals a day on my own. And uh, yeah, when I arrived, like, it's been nine years, imagine. I can't believe this. I remember the second year I went to a uh, intensive doing the step work. And there's one, the woman who was giving it said to everyone, okay, take a blank page and write all of your fears. We're going to take 20 minutes for that. And in my mind, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? 20 minutes to, to write our fears? Like, hello, this is going to take like two seconds. I'm afraid of kind of bug that we have here in Montreal. And, <laughs> and I'm afraid to go back in my house when it's dark outside. That's it. Well, when I started to write on that piece of paper, I wrote those two things, and I wrote back uh, and, and on the front of the page and on the back of the page, everywhere on that freaking that 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 page was all kinds of fears that I didn't even know I had. I ate to be fearless. Uh, nobody's gonna get me. Nobody's gonna come and get me without even knowing that I was fearful. And that was for me the first time I thought I was afraid that I was a bit that I was allowed to be afraid. I didn't even know I could, because being afraid equals vulnerability, and that means for me it's like I'm on my own, and uh, yeah, somebody's gonna kill me or something. Well, there's a prayer that I heard about five years ago. I want to share it to you because it changed my life. Gone. Please <clears throat> turn all my fears into faith. And for that, I am so grateful for being in the room. It's not easy not to be afraid of anything and everything. Honest to God, my fear now is not knowing what I'm supposed to do in life. I'm stuck on that thing. Am I in the right job? Am I doing the right thing? And when I'm calm, I don't have fears. Well, they're less, they're less there. It's when I get all hyped up inside 
somebody talked about the anxiety. When the anxiety is there, the fear is there. When the fear is there, the anxiety is there. And I need to get out of that. And I can't be loving. I can't be tolerant. I can't, oh, I can't be that when I'm in fear. That's why I know that God is a loving being because he's in my heart for me. He's like the hope in my heart. And heart is where peace is for me. And that's where I can go and hear him. And that's where all the fears go to be transformed into loving gestures and loving, loving, um, how can you say that? Like loving words to oh, everybody and every, even if the other person is not really, really nice to me. It's like, okay, just saying nothing is really a love sign for me. So with that, I'm going to pass. And if you're afraid or if you don't know you're afraid, you're at the right place. Thank you so much for all your service. Have a great meeting. And thank you, Lynn from Montreal. Roger D., it's your turn, followed by Claire E. Good morning, Roger. Roger. Good morning, Roger V. from downtown, uh, from Koreatown, Los Angeles, in the, in, the wet, in the wet state of California right now. Good morning, OA family. Happy spring to everyone. Oh, my gosh. I came on the call at the top of the hour right when the lead, the lead speaker said, we never apologize for God. So is that odd or is that God to come on the call right then? I love talking about God. You know, we live by faith, not by sight. If we could look around the corners and knew what was going to be happening in our lives, we wouldn't have, you know, we would have perfect knowledge, but then we would be God and we're not God. So I live by faith, not by sight today. You know, I call them God shots and I used to get scared by them. Like, oh my gosh, I always was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Today, I get these God shots on a regular basis because as it says on page 53, God is either everything or nothing. What was our choice to be? For me today, God is my best friend. God is my lover. God is my everything. Because if you're like me, you shouldn't be here. You know, 38 years ago, I had to admit to a God I didn't know and to another human being and myself that I was a drug addict, an alcoholic, a compulsive overeater. I shouldn't be here today. And Saturday night, I went to an event at the Beverly Hilton Hotel for 750 people to celebrate a man who had been in business 65 years. Well, it started off with an open bar, enough hors d'oeuvres to do half of Los Angeles, and then a dinner and cupcakes on every table, and then the ice cream. And and when I came back from the bathroom, there was a fruit plate in front of me. And I said to my friend who was with me, I said, Sally, everyone else has got hot fudge sundae. How do I? She said, oh, I told them, I told the waiter you were diabetic. And he said, could we make a fruit for fruit and, and berries for him? I had the best time and it wasn't about the food. It was about honoring this man, honoring God. This man talked about family, about God, about helping other people. I mean, he quoted Johnny Wooden. It was incredible. You know, I went with my men's group last night, and all we talk about is God, 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 God. Because today, you know, as I said at the top of the conversation, we shouldn't be here. We, you know, I, I'm relieved from a seamlessly hopeless state of mind and body. You know, you know. I shouldn't, you know, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. I love talking about God. I do it, I'll do it all day long. And, 
you know, I don't come to this meeting all the time because it's 4 a.m. in Los Angeles. But when I couldn't sleep, God said, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, go on visions. When God, when, when E.F. Tutton talks, I listen. When God says go to the meeting, I get on the meeting. So I didn't get to a meeting yesterday, and I needed, him, I needed you guys today. So I'm grateful to know what the solution is, the 12 steps. You, you're my peeps. And, and, and trusting on God, because before I used to have, a, I bargained with God. God, if you get me the girl, um, I'm grateful to be here today. Thank you guys for paying a 12-step call on me. I love God. I love the program. And I love each and every one of you. All of you have a blessed day. Thank you. I'm Roger, and with that, I'm out. Roger V. from Los Angeles, Korea. Thank you, Roger V. Claire E., it's your turn, followed by Pete. Good morning, Claire. Thank you, Lynn. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK, and um, it's a great paragraph. I always say that. Um, There's a lot in here, and um, like other people have shared, you know, my my life has been, is sometimes shot through with fear, you know, and underneath, I'm very good at recognising resentment. Um, I'm less good at recognising my fear, and of course, every single resentment is always underlaid by fear. And this paragraph reminds me of the bit, I'll just look back actually on the, um, on, when it talks about step three on page 62, where he talks about he's a principal and, and we are his agents. And, you know, my job from step three onwards, I believe, is to, is to let God demonstrate through me what he can do. You know, I'm, I'm now on the earth to try and represent as best as I possibly can what God is doing for me in my life. And that means demonstrating, which means actually showing, doing, you know, putting it out there. Um, I've been granted a miracle and, um, and it's my job to demonstrate. And, um, you know, I have a lot of fear, um, and, um, I've had a, I've had a difficult week actually, and I had a lot of fear and I can really get into a headspace where I feel my, I'm between a rock and a hard place, you know, both, all options are fear-based, all options are fearful. And so this prayer is really good. And actually, I don't think I, I don't really pray this one. I don't ask God to remove my fear these days, um, because my experience is that this is just my experience god doesn't really remove my fear i still have the fear but what god does for me and what really leaning in on my higher power does for me is allows me to transcend my fear allows me to feel my fear and move beyond it um and demonstrate and 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 concentrate move my consciousness to you know what would a recovered person do in this situation what would someone who is really spiritually fit do in this situation and um, and I'm reminded that when I do feel between a rock and a hard place and all all options feel very fearful, that, you know, God has often got a third way. You know, there's, it's not as binary. It's not this or that. It's this and that. You know, I, I can really rely in for a completely different answer sometimes to completely reveal itself. Um, and, you know, that's how, you know, it says we've commenced to outgrow fear. I love the word outgrow, you know, because I just need to have power. And tap into power that is bigger than my fear. And then I can grow out of it. And it reminds me that fear keeps my life very small. You know, fear will have me going in concentrically decreasing circles until my life is very small. And if I, if you know, the paradox here, you know, there's loads of paradoxes in our ways. If I lean in on my higher power, that circle gets bigger and my life gets bigger and I outgrow fear. And fears that I used to have fall away and I get new ones. But that circle of comfort gets bigger. Um, and that's what I can do when I'm when I'm with my higher power. Um, so that's how I can maybe demonstrate to people around me in my life, you know, the power that I have in my life, um, the miracle that I've been granted. And I will leave it there. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Claire E. Pete B., you're next, followed by Sonia S. Please go ahead, Pete. Thank you, Lynn, for taking the meeting and doing a fantastic job. And uh, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. You know, um, I've never read the Bible, but I'm told that there are stories in it that, that uh, imply that there were people since the beginning of time that had problems with, you know, using substances excessively. And this, this condition of alcoholism you know, it's been around way before Alcoholics Anonymous, and, 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 and people have struggled with, with the condition way before the groups have formed. And it, the doctor's opinion talks about, you know, since the beginning of time, right, that people have struggled with this, and they, 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 the, the disease has become arrested by, by an emotional or a spiritual upheaval, not, 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 not quoting it verbatim. But what that tells me is that this condition, and, and, and the doctor's opinion references that this condition, there's no treatment for what we have, right? We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not sharing in the treatment of our condition, right? This disease only gets worse, never better, if you do, in fact, have it. If you do, in fact, have it. And it, it, our, our literature states it many times, right? No new code of morals, no, no mental defense. No human power, right? When what we're doing here, this is human power, right? Over, Overeaters Anonymous never got one real compulsive overeater recovered. The defense comes from the higher power. We don't need to water down the messaging. This condition is significant. It's, it's greater now, I think, than it's ever been because the substances we put in our body have been manipulated and, and maneuvered by the most brilliant minds in the universe. And we get stuck in the addiction to these substances and nothing will address it unless we are 100% entirely abstinent. And that's the only way. And then even when we are abstinent, the disease continues to get worse. My sponsor won't help it. My fellowship won't help it. The steps won't help it if I'm using them as a practical approach. We start the meeting off every day saying, there is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Now, look, I re- you know, when I first heard that, it made the hair in the back of my neck go up. What do you mean? What do you mean? This is the solution. No. No, the steps are a process to bring about a spiritual experience which will solve all our problems. I'm grateful today I walk a free man. I walk a free man as a result of working these steps and tapping into a power greater myself that has restored me to sanity. New power has flowed in. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Sonia S. It's your turn, followed by Marie. Please go ahead, Sonia. Hi, this is Sonia S., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater, and this is a perfect topic. I pray and hope I never apologize for believing in God. Seven days ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, I immediately went into... um, actually stoic mode you know god's got my back 
God got my back. Thank you, God, I have a way, I have a program. The following day, I felt sadness and fear, and I slept all day. And then the last five days, I have been working my steps like my life depends on it. I'm relying on all of you for hope and support. I'm making phone calls. When I have those pockets of fear, I get on my knees and I ask God for peace. And God has granted me peace and comfort. And I've spoken to people that have helped me um, be able to articulate how I'm going to talk to my students today because I'm sitting in my parking lot at school. I'm going to say that I'm on a pathway to healing and I'll be okay. The doctor said that I should share with people if I want to. The cancer's small. You caught it early. You're going to be okay. So for me, it's really about a pathway to healing in accordance with God's will. And I need to just live moment by moment, one day at a time. And um, I'm so grateful that my sponsor and I have a plan for me to be on step four by this Friday. I remember a fellow in program sharing um, on a special edition on resentment. And he asked the question, do you want to die on a mountain of resentment? And I was like, wow, and being a visual arts teacher, that was such a powerful visual picture for me. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to die on a mountain of resentment. So just for today, I'm going to do the next right thing. I brought my lunch, my absent way to measure lunch. I'm here listening to all of you, getting hope and strength. And that I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia S. Marie, it's your turn, followed by Dana P. And can we have the initial of your last name, please? Maybe it was Maria. I don't know if it was Sandra Maria B. Was it me that you heard, or was it another Maria? Perfect. You go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Maria, compulsive eater, and I'm really, really grateful to be here and hear, and hear this strong message. Thank you so much for all sharing and the text. I can relate so much to the subject of fear. Before I came to OA, uh, I wrote a song called I Am Terrified, <laughs> and it was basically about me being terrified about everything, living, dying, and in between. And, uh, yeah, today my life is, is not like that, thank God. But uh, right now I'm going through some struggles with school, and um, I just had a lot of negative thinking about not being able to conquer it, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I just realized, like, wait, I'm trying to control the show. I can't do this. I, I can't do this assignment in my own power. It's impossible, but just as in program... What can I do, God? What can I do? do? Show me what you would have me be. And it's like, sit there and spend time with the studies and just be there. Be there. Uh, take responsibility and I will do it for you. And um, it helps me to really break down all fears so I don't get too emotional. So by listening to you and to listening to this meeting, I really felt 
uh, I feel encouraged to move on. Uh, that's one part I love with the steps that it really breaks down um, my emotions into parts so that they are somehow manageable and overviewing. Um, I can overview them in a in a way that uh, takes away the anxiety and the strength of them. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to speak that out that this program is amazing and I thank you so much for everyone that has shared and I thank God for bringing me to these rooms. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah. And Dana P, you're next. Please go ahead, Dana. Good morning. Good morning, Dana P. I'm here in California. Um, wow, I've heard some amazing things this morning and the thing that just rings my bell uh, is God is my everything. God is my everything. And we've been talking um, this whole past week and today about this word fear. And, you know, I had so much fear. I remember my sponsor after three plus hours in my fifth step, uh, just the inventory, the first part resentment and moving on to the fears and I said, you know, it doesn't seem like that much. And she said, well, perhaps you have more fears. And boy, let me tell you, as quote unquote courageous a person as I was, seemed to be, jumping out of airplanes, swimming with sharks, flying in helicopters, resuscitating, coat, whatever I was doing externally um, was to cover up that, that underlying fear that I wasn't aware of. And, you know, fear is truly a biological survival mechanism what happens when we get into fear you know our heart rate goes up our pupils dilate so that we can run hide or fight and it's a biological survival mechanism um, and truly it's all driven by by my character defects my character liabilities which i say i come by honestly um, selfishness to maintain the organism, if you will. Um, and so, you know, it's what is the answer? It's the first three steps right there. Trust God. Trust God. And what does that mean for me? It means when I get into that place, and it said it in a few paragraphs back, notice, notice how everything, everything, the underlying corroding evil and corroding threat is fear. Um, so what do I do with that? We have these great tools. And for me, the first tool, if you will, around the fear is noticing what's going on, what's going on. And I take a pause and I breathe. And then I can get in conscious contact, you know, because when I'm in fear, I am not in conscious contact. I am all about me, me, me. How can I survive? So I just really appreciate all the shares this morning. Um, last week, the stuff on fear is so big. And I've heard the acronym FEAR, false evidence appearing real. Well, it's not so false. When it's there, it is real. It is real in my mind. And sometimes there truly is danger. So how am I going to handle that? I need to go to God. So thanks again, everybody. I'm going to pass. Thank you, Dana P. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Monday. Please join us 
for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Monday, March 20th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20068. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Penny E., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, Lynn S. Penny E. recovered in South Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.